Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... Bevy Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring craft beers, great food. Try the Caesar salad with the chicken, horse racing, video slots, and sports betting through points bet throughout Chicago land. We say good morning to Shay W. Norling, and I have a question for Shay to put a bow on our last topic. Morning, Shay. How are you? Good morning, boys. What is a an influencer like? They didn't do that when Bob Hood and Marshall Kaplan were coming up. Hey, what does your dad do for? He's an influencer. All right, let's do it this way. Shot or no shot, Hoodie. You know what an influencer is? Yeah. Shot or no shot, influencer is a real job. That's a shot, and and it's a six figure job in some places. Social media influencer or someone that could be able to help you out. You know, it's kind of like. It's kind of like a good, uh, a good modern PR person. Right, but I always thought that was like a celebrity that you paid to endorse your product. Like people literally just decide, I'm going to be an influencer. It's, if you have a large following on social media, which That's also is part of it. incredibly yep. difficult to cultivate, mm-hmm. then you have the ability to leverage your following as a business. When people say that Kim Kardashian doesn't work for a living, that actually is a job. She's an influencer. Before that, Paris Hilton. But before she became, she became an influencer, she was a TV star. They had a show that was popular, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That was after. The TV show was after? Remember, the tape came out first. There were, hold on a minute. <laughs> she, was, she influenced a young Shane Orling, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. oh, Ray oh, Ray oh Ray when, did, when did Keeping Up with the Kardashians start? I don't have the year. But I do remember her yelling out, oh, babe. That's right. Yep. There, there was no social media. Uh, October 2007, Keeping Up with the Kardashians started. And Twitter didn't even start till '09. It's a real thing, though, Cap. That influence. It, you know, it's a real thing. Uh, what did we used to call them back in the day? Someone that would just be able to help you, agents or PR people. Mm-hmm. But these, an influencer to be able to say, this is what I wear. I see it on Instagram all the time. This is what I wear. Or this is how I live my life. Don't you want to live your life like this? Right? Even if it's fake, there, there's influencers that get paid to be able to be on social media, TikTok, anything else, to be an influencer to say, you should live your life or wear this or, you know, exercise like this. All those things. Yeah, with your, with your, uh, your following, you can consider yourself an influencer as well. That's, a, that's no yeah. question about that. The recap is a YouTube influencer. Yep. Right, but I was already doing in the public eye what I do, and that was an offshoot of it. I didn't grow up. What do you want to be when you grow up, little Davey? Uh, I want to be an influencer. No. I it didn't to... exist then. You couldn't have grown up that way. Right, that's, that's, fair. that's my point. Like. If you have to be have some name recognition mm-hmm. to be an influencer. Now, people just, oh, there's a hot girl. She's going to be an influencer. And she's oh got a million God. followers on Instagram. That's my point. Like, Kim Kardashian was already a celebrity way before Twitter, whether it was the video or the TV show. Twitter didn't even exist. Then it. she became an influencer. That's my point. That fair, Shay? Sure. 
I just look, man. If you if you can generate a million person following on social media, do what you want. God bless. Yeah, good wear, for you. Wear what you want, or don't wear what you don't want to wear. Whatever it takes. But these things are lucrative, Cap. Do people out of nowhere? Yeah. Now there was a time in this country where we had to work for a living to get there. Correct. <laughs> that is correct. Be on a casting couch and. Or be able to be in the mix. Oh, and my move. God. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what? 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 what did I say wrong? What? Uh, that was the thing, though, Cap, as you well know. You're right. Mm-hmm. You on the list, by the way? All right. Let's get to shot or no shot. My God. Our more, I'm not that kind of guy. Me either. More, me either. That's it. Me either. More rumors about what the Bears may get in a trade for Justin Fields are bouncing around. What are we getting? The next four insiders. number one picks now? Well, according to Mel Kuyper and his viral audio saying the Falcons could trade the eighth pick in the draft for Fields. But Benjamin Albright weighed in on Twitter. He claims he's been hearing two second round picks and a day three pick as the absolute best the Bears can hope for. Uh, shot or no shot? You would drive Justin to the airport yourself for two second round picks. Again, if the background checks on Caleb Williams pass muster, when Paul spends dinners and weekends and all that getting to know him, if and only if those boxes get checked, yes, I would accept that. Two second round picks for Justin. So is that yeah. a shot or a no shot? That's, that's a shot. not an answer. That's a shot. Yeah, that's a shot. No question about that. That's, that's a shot because it's something that the Bears don't have. Correct. Second round picks. That's correct? correct. So that that checks a box where you got your first round taken care of, you got your second round taken care of, and you're just trying to build it kind of like the Lions in that regard. You know, you build it through the draft and free agency. You get younger in these spots, and then you move forward. The last thing you want to do is an old rickety team like the Eagles. Correct. Where you got free agents, where left and right, you don't want to deal with that. Where you might be going backwards as a franchise. You're correct. Shane Orling. I'm glad you brought up the Lions, Hoodie. The NFC North was expected to be one of the lesser divisions in 2023. Yet, here we are. It's the only division with two teams in the final eight. The Lions are in the first season of what could be a lengthy contention window. And the Packers, we know, are the youngest team in football. The Bears and Vikings both won seven games. And if you look around, like... They both look poised to improve next year for the Bears through the free agency, all their cap space, some of the draft capital, two picks in the top ten. The Vikings, you have to expect, will have better quarterback health. Shot or no shot, the NFC North will be the best division in football in 2024. That's a shot, especially if Poles makes the right moves. Whatever that is, keep Justin, trade Justin, whatever it is. If he makes the right moves and they play as well as they are capable of and they get Subtraction to get to the playoffs? Yeah, that's a shot. I believe that is a shot. If we went through it quickly, Cap, the NFC South is led by the Buccaneers. Okay, Falcons trying to figure out who they are, Panthers, Saints. The, the West is led by the 49ers. They're going to win the division again. Rams got in the playoffs, sure. Seahawks without Pete Carroll, Arizona. The NFC East, where are the Eagles going? We just talked about them possibly going backwards. Dallas Cowboys could win the division again. Giants and Commanders, dumpster fires. AFC West led by the Chiefs. Raiders, new head coach. I mean, maybe it's Pierce, maybe it's not. Point is that the Broncos got to figure out who they are in the Chargers. Okay, And then you get to Houston and uh, the AFC South. Jacksonville, who are they? 9-8 and eight again next year. Indianapolis Colts, better. Will, they, will their quarterback be healthy enough to lead them? Could, they, could he have a C.J. Um, Stroud 
uh, Re- Renaissance, their quarterback that they drafted, the Colts. Maybe he's really good, and they liked him till he got injured. Hurt his shoulder. Now, how quick you come back from a shoulder, I don't know. So, but they say he'll be ready opening day. So I'll put it, uh, the NFC North against the AFC North. What do you think, Shay, between those two? Because Joe Burrow was out, and they still were 9-8. and eight. Competitive. Steelers seem like they're always over 500. Browns, and then the Ravens. How close is that? Those, those two teams. If the the Bears are the basement, and you have three competitive teams with a healthy Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, how close is that? I think that's pretty close. It's for me. It's hard to believe that the Browns are going to be as good as they were defensively two years in a row. I think they'll be lucky if they stay as healthy at critical positions on defense as they did this year for the most part. I know there was some injuries in the playoff game. The Ravens, I think, are going to continue to be good. The Bengals, who knows? Like, the injury questions on that team, Joe Burrow's got to stay healthy. When they got to get T. Higgins re-signed. Yeah, and the Steelers, frankly, they are what they are. I don't think they're good enough to be a legitimate threat, and I don't think they're bad enough to actually get the help that they need. Agreed. I, I still think it's a strong AFC North. Say, for instance, the Browns take a step back and they're an eight-win team. Say they're a nine-win team. That's still pretty formidable. It is. I just think the NFC North is markedly better. The NFC North has, boy, it's tough because Lamar and Joe Burrow. But if you think about if this is who Jared or uh, uh, Jordan Love is, mm-hmm. if Jared Goff continues to be as good as he's been, if Kirk Cousins gets healthy and stays in Minnesota, and if the Bears get Caleb Williams, is there a better quarterback division in the NFC? I don't think so. Not in the NFC, certainly. That's, that is correct. Yes. I... I will say no shot in that I believe that with a competitive, obviously, Baltimore, Cincinnati with a healthy Burrow, they, I think they will sign Higgins. Steelers always find a way. And the Browns, even if they take a step back, that's still a strong division in my mind. I really believe that. I'm not saying the Browns have t- completely turned the corner. 11-6 and six through smoke and mirrors have been interesting. Four quarterbacks that they've dealt with to even get to the playoffs. So I'll, I'll go there. Especially, you know, if, if the... If the Browns are the floor of that division cap and the Bears is the floor of it, I still think it's more dynamic than the AFC North for me. Yeah, we will agree to yeah. disagree. That's cool. Uh, Shay. All right, the Eagles became the second team in NFL history to start a season 10-1 and and end up with seven losses in what has become a truly historic collapse that could result in Nick Sirianni getting fired just one year after making the Super Bowl. Shot or no shot? This is one of the greatest collapses in sports history. Sports history. They've never won a title with this crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just think about this season. that They started 10-1. and People thought they were the best team in football. And they're the second team in history to end up with seven losses after starting 10-1. Yeah, I can't say one of the greatest collapses in sports history. No, because we've had teams gag their way out of even getting to the postseason that had huge leads down the stretch. You mean like the, like the Yankees? Or the 69 Cubs? Like like the Yankees up 3-0 and then lose 4-3? Yes. To the Red That's Sox? a collapse. That's, That's a horrible. great 30 for 30, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, four nights in August? Yes. That was, or four nights in October? Yes. That was phenomenal. Um, you had the 69 Cubs. You had that Philadelphia Phillies team with Gene Mock that collapsed. I mean, there's a bunch of them. You had the eight seed Seattle 
lose, or no, the one seed Seattle lose to Denver, remember, with Matumbo? Holding up the ba- the basketball. This is 95? Right. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> that was huge. That was a collapse in that series, yes. Yeah, no, no. This is not one of the great collapses. It's a collapse, but not one of the great ones. How about Oilers-Bills with Jim Kelly? There's another one. Oh, God. Did we mention to three up and lose 41-38? Did we mention the 73-9 and nine Warriors? Oh, there, there's one there for sure. Up 3-1 in the finals and yeah. Draymond just can't stop kicking people? Yeah, that, that, that's a huge one because they surpassed the Bulls when those, for that winning streak, for that, for that amount of wins that they had. 73 wins. You don't win the championship? That's horrible. That's horrible. That'll well, how about the Patriots with that one? The the Golden uh, the Golden State not winning. Who's the, another one? The, the eighteen and zero Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That, so there's a number of them. I think that that because they lost in the regular season and they collapsed down the stretch into the playoffs. I feel like it's different than being in a series and then just not getting it done. What about the Atlanta Falcons, twenty eight to three? Where does that qualify? It's a single game. But consider they're also now on their hands and knees trying to get Daddy to come there with Bill Belichick interviewing. <laughs> that is uh, that is something, man. And then, like for Dan Quinn to be able to survive that enough to be hireable for people to say, "We know what happened in that situation, but we know that you're a good head coach." Dude, his OC was Kyle Shanahan, and they kept throwing the football. Yeah, people I, were like, "What is that guy doing?" And I was now he's say, renowned think, as one of the two or three smartest guys in the league. I think most people do actually blame Shanahan more for that than they do Dan Quinn because they had that incredible throw to Julio Jones, the toe tap on the sideline, and then they could have just wound the clock out and kicked a field goal to make the lead insurmountable, and instead they kept throwing. They got a holding, a sack, they got kicked out of field goal range, and they lost the game. Had a, had a Super Bowl party that year, and it just goes from 28-3 to 3 where people are turning away from the TV, not interested, drinking, eating, talking about their lives to, wait a minute, are you seeing this comeback? Wait a minute. Then all of a sudden, everyone's attention's at the TV. 30 people in the hood cave are like, wait a minute, this is, this is a ball game now. What happened there? That's how it works. It's amazing. Yeah. All right, that's shot or no shot. Now, let's go around the NFL. Nick Bull sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the NFL here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget it's a Waddle Wednesday. We'll hear from Tom Waddle coming up at 835. Around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right, I have the power rankings because it is a Wednesday of the eight remaining teams. But before I get into that, I want to revisit the power rankings from last week where I broke up all 14 playoff teams into oh. tiers. Yes. And see how I did. I always like to evaluate a little accountability Wednesday. So in the dead teams walk-in tier, this was the bottom tier. The, the way I did this, if you missed it, was what the fans should expect from their team in the playoffs. The fans of each team. I have it here. Page one on the yellow pad. My there high hoodie. <laughs> keeping, it, keeping it there. You know what? Frame it. That, that should. should be like a prescription pad because he writes like a doctor. But he can read it. Yeah. That's all that matters. If you can read it. All good. The dead teams walk in tier where I said you you can expect no more than one win. If you do win a game, you will lose in the divisional round. It was the Kansas City Chiefs, 
the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Three of you gone. And yeah. the Chiefs just delayed the inevitable. Yeah, so dead team walking. Kansas City still alive out of that uh, that foursome. They're the lone survivor from the dead team's walking tier. Right. How about the pretenders tier, which was occupied by one team? Cap, who was the pretender? Wow. Cap? You know. Cap? You Dallas. remember. Cap? Dallas. It was the Dallas Cowboys. Good night. That my ticket burned. You won't listen. You just won't listen to me. I have a Bills ticket. <laughs> That's fine. But I mean, when that burns, I mean, but the Dallas ticket, you now you'll never do that again. Now, maybe you'll listen. And, and by the way, you had every right to put money down on Dallas based on its roster. Why wouldn't you? Look at the roster. Why couldn't they come through at home and beat the Packers? Why? Right. Why? It's And it's not that they lost. It's they got the ever living H beaten out of them. I mean, that game was never in doubt. Neutral court game. I'm just telling you, like, there wasn't enough Cowboys fans to get the, get them motivated. That was crazy. They couldn't get themselves motivated. Congrats to the Packers. That was a hell of a win. Shay, we move to the frisky, scary. The frisky and scary tier was teams that I didn't think were especially good, but I thought if you're playing them in the wild card round, watch out. The Houston Texans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Green Bay Packers. I just I think I deserve a round of applause. On that one, three and zero out of the frisky and scary. These teams could win a wild card game too. Pretty good, pretty good kid. Kid, yes, pretty good kid. Pretty good kid. Legit dangerous. Legitimately dangerous was the Lions and Rams who played each other. Bit of a cop out by me. Knew one of them would win, and that whoever (laughs) did win, you better watch out going forward. The Lions, of course, win, and I believe the latest line is seven at home against Tampa. Uh, and then the Cleveland Browns, who I said if they could survive Houston with that defense, look out. Like, if Joe Flacco gets hot, of course they lost to Houston. That, uh, what a story, by the way, for Joe Flacco leading into that. And then all of a sudden it looked like Joe Flacco on his couch in that game. It looked like him, the retired Joe Flacco. Yes. That's yes, what it, that. Yeah, that's what that it looked. That yeah. threw for 212 yards against us in the fourth quarter. See, that would piss me off as a general manager. Kind of a must-have game. We talked about the importance of that game to get you rolling, keep the winning streak going, and then Joe Flacco, Jay Moore, off his couch does that and then gets in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, that's what we're supposed to see from the beginning. That's what he's supposed to look like. That's my biggest concern about our defense. Everyone's like, oh, the defense, man. Well, who'd you beat? Brian Hoyer with Josh McDaniels. They fired him immediately and got Hoyer the hell out of there. Um... The four and thirteen Sam Howell led Commanders, Bryce Young, Bryce Young, they're horrible. Who the Cousinsless Vikings, the Josh, Josh Dobbs, Dobbs led Vikings. Imagine you beat Goff. Yeah, they did beat Goff. Yeah, I said Flacco was ready to go back to the couch in the remote. Yep. <laughs> yes, I'm tired now. <laughs> I've had my fun. Legit Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, this was two teams. It was Baltimore and Buffalo. Buffalo, of course, moved on. Baltimore has yet to play, but they are enormous favorites against the Texans at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore this weekend. Abject failure. The abject failure tier was for if you're a fan of this team and they don't win the Super Bowl, you should be breaking your television, throwing your remote through it. You should expect nothing but hoisting Lombardi. That is the San Francisco 49ers. 
See that, pal? Page one of the notes from last week. I appreciate still, that. Still there. You know what? That means a lot right to me there. as a friend that you would cherish yeah. that page with that much uh, care. Well, I mean, you never know. We got to go back to this stuff. The Bears are done. Got to go back to the old notes every now and then. <laughs> Accountability he, he used it as a coaster. <laughs> There's no coffee stains on it or anything. I don't oh, think no. that's even true. Oh, no, just I mean, hey, I mean, it's it's six tiers. It's that very, thing's mint. And if you if, if you know me at all, you know I love a good tiers list. I'm a, oh, it's the greatest. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a nice leg and a tiers list. Uh, you should put that in a plastic sleeve. <laughs> put it in a box in the attic and a plastic sleeve like a baseball card. Also, in the bottom of this six tiers list, I have Waddle Wednesday questions. I don't know if they're relevant today. We'll see. And the Bears' last game against Green Bay. Uh, let's what do you think, Tommy? The Bears went up to Lambeau. What do you think is best for the Bears in the short term, Tommy? That's what I have here. That's <laughs> I, it. I don't know if that works today, but that's the question I had last week for Tom. All right, so now you've um, redone the list here. Do you, can you redo it now? Uh, no, I have to go just eight to one now because there are only eight teams left. I can okay. finally rank these teams comfortably. Different page. I right. think if you make it to week two, like it, with the exception of Kansas City, who I will get to in a moment, who I think is just dead, you're dangerous enough that you can probably get to a conference championship game and maybe go to a Super Bowl. So with that said, we'll start with number eight. Number eight? That is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I could not be happier for Baker Mayfield having the success that he's having. Super cool. The way that Cleveland treated him on the way out, I thought was terrible. They made him play through a horrible shoulder injury after he had basically their best quarterback season ever and won them a playoff game against a division rival in Pittsburgh. They made him play through this horrific injury and then shipped him out for Deshaun Watson. They got everything they deserved losing to Houston, and I'm happy to see Baker move on. But going up to Detroit, you're going to get your head taken off. Shout out to the reporter asking Todd Bowles, how will you navigate around the weather in Detroit for this game? Wow. You saw that, right? I did. Holy smokes. What will you do to prepare for the 13-degree temperatures in Detroit? Anything special? No. No. you do know they play in a dome, right? He wasn't Dead silent. He wasn't a hole about it. He, he was, was being not. nice. My wife and I watched it, yeah. and even my wife said, "Wow, I like that guy." I said, "Why?" She said, "Because he could have absolutely gone viral and embarrassed that young lady." Yep. And he said, "We only have to deal with the cold when we get off the bus and get into the stadium. I think we'll be okay." Now imagine that being Belichick. All right, shade number seven. Uh, number seven is the Kansas City Chiefs. Wait, wait, hold on a second before you say that. Which coach in the NFL would be the biggest a-hole in that scenario? Not Belichick. Oh, are you Sirianni. kidding me? Sirianni? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, hold on. Let me let me look through here. Sean Payton? Matt Patricia. Now, head, you know, head coaches, right? Yeah. Sean, Sean Payton. Uh, Andy Reid would have made a joke out of it. He would have yep. laughed. Like, uh, nice job, but why does it say chefs in the end? Though? <laughs> <laughs> he would have he made a joke out of it. Right. He would have went over Iberflus' head. No question. What, what are you talking about? Uh, we're preparing week to week, month to month. That'd be day me. Day. That would be, be me. me. Let's go, man. Um, Maybe Sean Payton. I think it's Payton, Payton or Sirianni. Probably right. John Harbaugh would have made a joke out of it, probably. Right. Mike Tomlin. 
you know that we're in a dough. Exactly. Or he would have just walked off. Right. (laughs) It's like you have to. I walk off. Is that a joke? (laughs) You're trying to be funny here because you you obviously know they're playing the dope, right? I think that's it. There's a lot of nice coaches in the league. There are. McDermott, no. LaFleur, no. McDaniel would have had fun with it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Anyway, back to your Chiefs. All right, so eight was Tampa Bay, seven is the Kansas City Chiefs. They can't finish in the red zone. I'm a huge believer in the NFL. Field goals get you beat in the playoffs. If you're settling for three points on your red zone trips, you're going to lose. The Rams lost because they settled for three points on all of their red zone trips. The Kansas City Chiefs cannot get in the red zone against Buffalo and kick field goals. If you do it, you lose. They're seven to me. I love this. This, If this was on the old DVD set, Cap, you'd want to see this on NFL Films all day. Just this rivalry, which I consider a rivalry. Now that this game is in Buffalo and not Kansas City, oh, God. Different. I I think it feels different because usually this is in Kansas City. Now it's in Buffalo. That's going to be fun. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, the way the overtime rules, which the Bills pushed for from a few years ago's debacle for them in overtime, if Buffalo wins the toss in overtime, let's assume this. Yep. Josh Allen takes him down the field and runs into the end zone and they kick the extra point. The game is not over in overtime. If you win the toss in overtime in the playoffs, you should play defense. So let's assume that they play offense and they get the kick. Yep. They drive it down. Seven, they get seven. Yep. Game's not over. Yep. Nope. Like it is in regular season. Correct. Now the Chiefs get the ball back. Yep. You get a chance to respond. They go all the way down the field. They get into the end zone. Isaiah Pacheco in. Touchdown. We're going for two right now. And they beat their ass. The rule that the Bills pushed for will beat them. Yeah, in that scenario. That's the fun I've been having in college football all these years, and because of that one game, the rules changed. Yes. Reactionary. Yes. All right, Bucks 8, Chiefs 7, 6, Shay. The Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love's incredible. Going to Dallas and playing the way that he did, incredible. He, he was outstanding, and I'm amazed listening to people. And again, I despise the Green Bay Packers. I have three teams I root against. That would be the St. Louis Cardinals, number one. Packers 2, Notre Dame football 3. I'm amazed the number of people I hear call into Carmen Yurk, Black and Abdallah, Waddle, Sylvie, that they cannot admit that Jordan Love is a freaking monster. That's fine. He's not that good. They have a great play caller. Wish we had that. They run the same system that Getsy did. Number 5, Shay. Number five's the Houston Texans, who, like, just by the narrowest of a knife edge, C.J. Stroud's the better quarterback. Number four. Uh, number four is the Detroit Lions surviving against the Rams in a situation where 100 out of 100 times in their history they would have lost was huge. And while their defense is not great in the red zone, they clamp up. And I was really impressed with what I saw there. So now you get what is almost a bye week in Tampa Bay, and you're going to have to take them seriously, but I think the Lions can win pretty comfortably. And then you go to the NFC title game. Number three, Shay. Number three is the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Okay. Why? Why three in that spot? Because there's two teams in front of them who have been better all season. The Buffalo Bills, the top three to me is basically 1A, 1B, 1C. I think these top three teams are all like prohibitive favorites to win the Super Bowl. Buffalo's been awesome. They were awesome even when they were losing a lot. 
their point differential spoke for itself. It was over 100 virtually all season. They bomb teams when they win. In, against Pittsburgh, I know people, that's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They were never in danger. That game felt over 10 minutes into it. All right, so Bucks 8, Chiefs 7, Packers 6, Houston 5, Detroit 4, Buffalo 3. 2 is San Francisco, who their fans should expect win a Super Bowl or you failed. Mm-hmm. But because they got flatlined in their own building by the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens remain at the top for me. There you go. You Con- consistent. You better win the title if you're Bal- Baltimore. You better. Or you failed. Fail your Tommy Waddle. Is Tommy there? He's the best. Tom is the best. We'll hear from Tom Waddle coming up after the headlines on a Waddle Wednesday on the Captain J Hood Morning Show. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain J Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle. Former wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. The guy's amazing. 1989 All Madden team and afternoon co-host on ESPN Chicago. I think he's going to start at least eight games in the National Football League next year for a team that's going to give him a chance. It's Waddle Wednesday with Tom Waddle. Listen, I got a pedicure in an hour. When I get back here, the wheels better be spinning, all right? On Kevin G. Hood, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10, here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app as we go to the hotline. That'd be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, rattle thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Tune in. Don't worry, call the Car X man. It's a Waddle Wednesday on the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. Good morning to you, Tom. How are you? Good. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Isn't that the best? I just sit here waiting for that. It's like I'm like a child. You give me candy and I smile. That's what it was. Yeah. I'm we're, good. That's what we're here for, Tom, to be able to make everybody candy. smile. That's what we were told when we first took the job. Put smiles on people's faces. I heard Cap yelling at people yesterday. I don't know how many smiles there were. What was I yelling about? Weren't you yelling at Chief or whatever his name was? It's, it called it? Chief's deranged. Well, I, that listen, that's between you and the Chief, but like you did yell at him. When you call in here, and we've listen, had multiple Cap, callers Cap. tell me... Justin's way better than Josh Allen. Listen, I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, like, where's the lie when I said you were yelling at somebody? You were. Well, sometimes people need an attitude correction. Okay, that's that's fine. I'm just, where is the lie with my statement that you were? Guess there wasn't. Okay, thank you. I was smiling the entire time, but then I... I know you were. But then again, I had gas. So there's (laughs) always that, Tommy. That doesn't make you smile. That makes... Ah, See that? Smile. Tommy, work from home or work in the office? Um, Depends. Like, if it's minus five out, I'd rather work from home. Yeah, I'm talking about a regular thing. I, you, I, I'm still a fan of working with other people. Like, I, I, if I'm not around other people, I kind of I get tired of myself. I get bored with myself. So, <laughs> like, I like to be around others. So I'm I would say you. the majority of the time, I mean, there's time and place to work remotely if you, you know, want to go on vacation, want to take a trip, but you still want to work or something like that. But for the majority of the time, I'd still rather be in office. Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that was our leading topic this morning, Tommy, because we we're just Thank talking God, about- Jonathan, instead of arguing about quarterbacks. Well, we're going to do that here. Uh, but no, but, but the reason why is because of how we grew up, 
I mean, we grew up with around parents or guardians or relatives that punched the clock. Yep. That would leave for eight, eight to ten hours a day, going to the plant. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it was. And so that's kind of how we grew up. Like, uh, in, the, in the era of the pandemic, when you have to be able to work from home and the technology is such where you can do that, that's fine. But I think it's nothing, nothing like human interaction to learn yes. about people because you can grow. Yes. So I mean, listen, not to get too deep, too, but I think it's like, I mean, I mean people skills, like, right? Like when, when kids were e-learning, I mean, did, didn't everyone who had kids at that age say like their, 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 their people skills and their maturation process was stunted for a period of time because you're not interacting with people? So, yeah, I don't want to be – I'm not going to ever – you know, be on one of those shows like Wilderness, you know, where you're living by yourself. I've got to be around others. Yeah. Naked and afraid Same here. Yeah. yeah. Totally well, that's that's a daily, you know, it's daily occurrence. Naked <laughs> and afraid. Uh, the question I would have for you, because we've all been watching the, the playoffs, which team would you like the Bears to emulate the most that you've seen in the postseason? Not on the field and from the front office standpoint. Wow, that's such a good question. Um I, I, listen, Kansas City, because I think that you know they're, they're the what do you say they're the, the gold uh, standard. Gold standard. Thank you, Cap. Uh, they're the gold standard. I was just talking to Jay Moore too. Like all the people, like we're just in a funny place right now. I think for whatever reason with our football viewing and football evaluation stuff, all the people screaming, oh, you, "You look at Patrick Mahomes." Look what, what he looks like when you take away all of his receivers. You know, that's what he'd look like here in Chicago. People, do you still realize that despite guys dropping every third pass he throws, he threw for 4,200 yards and 27 touchdown passes? Like a horrible season for Patrick Mahomes. It's the best in the history of our franchise. Yes, it's 4,200 yards, 27 touchdown passes, and a 92.5 quarterback rating. Like, give me some of that on a down year. You know what I mean? So right. I, I would say... I would say the Chiefs because, Jonathan, if you look at them, I think they're the – I mean, look, I know Shea's love for the Ravens, and I get that. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I, you know how much I appreciate how the 49ers put their team together and the offensive mind that Shanahan is. I think they lost something a little bit defensively when D'Amico Ryans left. Uh, I really loved him as their defensive coordinator now. He's doing great things with the Houston Texans. But, look, the, the Kansas City Chiefs right now – and this is going to be, I think, Josh Allen's biggest game in his career, and they've got him where they want them in Buffalo. But think about the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs in their down year, their defense has been the portion of the team that has excelled the best. So you can't tell me that they haven't built it right. You've got arguably the best coach in the league with the best offensive mind. You've got a defensive coordinator in Spagnolo and Brett Veach and their crew that is building that team. It's the fastest defense they've ever had. It's the best defense they've ever had. And without that defense, guys, I don't think they are where they are because they have, as much as I was just joking about Mahomes, they have had a, a, a down year by their standards. So I would still say the Chiefs. Okay, so here's my question for you. I've had a bunch of my buddies who don't do what we all get to do for a living. They work regular, real jobs. They've said to me, oh, I heard DJ Moore say he wants Justin back, or the players have all said he's the guy, or they hear former athletes, not executives and scouts, oh, Justin's the best, man. They got to keep him and trade that pick. And then you listen to the Rick Spielmans of the world and the Mike Tannenbaums and the guys who've been GMs in the league and had some level of success. They go, no, you got to take Caleb Williams. So what do you say when players are coming out saying, no, 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 you got to keep Justin? 
Well, I think, you know, listen, you value players' opinions and their input, but, uh, you know, the general manager, and I've heard Ryan Pohl say this, you've got to separate your emotion from the decision-making process. I mean, it can be part of it, but it can't dominate it. And what, like, who doesn't like Justin? He's a great kid. He works hard. He's a good leader. Right. You know, I mean, like, I don't expect anyone to break bad on him. But, you know, this is a business. If for whatever reason Ryan Poles decides to pivot and go in a different direction and the guy they bring in, whoever that guy may be, is a good football player, trust me, they're going to say the same things about that guy. Like, look, I mean, I've been in a thousand locker rooms and I get it, you, you know. You 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 like guys, you appreciate guys, you respect guys, but you also understand that it's a business. And right now, it just from an entire team perspective, how in the world could you be uh, outraged by any type of upgrade that the general manager is trying to make? You won three games in 2022. You've won seven games in 2023. You've won ten games in the last two years. Like, it can get better. You know, however the GM decides to go here, like, it has to be better. And whoever that offensive coordinator is, if that guy, this is one of the biggest hires you're ever going to find because that guy's going to be entrusted with one of two things, either developing the number one overall pick in the draft or getting Justin to a place that he hasn't been able to get to to this point. Whether that's Luke Getze's fault, it's the offensive line's fault, God forbid Justin would assume some of the responsibility, which I know he does. A lot of his fans don't, but he does assume responsibility for needing to be a better player as well. And guys, I'm not talking about marginal improvement. If you pass on the opportunity to draft someone first overall, that means you're expecting this guy with building around him, but he's got to be part of the improvement as well. That's significant. That's, the expectation isn't marginal. It's that this guy is going to take us to where we're going to go. And that's a lot. That's a lot to put on an offensive coordinator. So, I mean, this is, this is going to be a really interesting process to see. And, and so far, I like, to, I like what they're doing. They're bringing in a number of guys with a number to acquire as much information as you possibly can so you can make the most informed decision. But this is a huge decision. Once they decided to keep Matt Eberflus as the head coach, this, to me, is every bit as important right now as anything on their plate other than, you know, evaluating the draft prospects. Talking to Tom Waddle on the Waddle Wednesday. More with Tommy right around the corner on Cap and J-Hood. Welcome back! Welcome, Welcome back to Cap and J-Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Tom Waddle's with us on a Waddle Wednesday on the Cap'n J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. So we were looking at the NFC North as a whole, Tommy. We're talking about quarterbacks, coach, Mm -hmm. front offices, and we saw the Bears being fourth out of four. And so now you have two of the, as Cap mentioned, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFC is are, are playing in the playoffs. That's Goff and also Jordan Love. So how far are the Bears? from being where the Lions and the Packers are in particular? Um, How wow. far is that? Uh, well, I think that if you can find a quarterback that can do what these two guys did, whether it's develop Justin and he takes a step in that direction or you draft a guy, uh, I think you definitely narrow the gap. I mean, there's, there's no question. The Lions have done this in a pretty impressive fashion. You know, the guys were giving me a hard time yesterday on the show because I had a, you know, a, a very uh, a vocal appreciation for what the Lions did. God forbid, I want my team to win 12 games and my quarterback to 
throw for 60 touchdowns and and 20 interceptions over the last two years and average 4,500 passing yards and have a quarterback rating of 100, complete 66% of his passes. Like, take the name off the back of the jersey. I want that. You guys cool with that? You yes. guys want one of those? Yes. One of those guys? Yes. So, uh, it, and it's really, look, I don't, I'm one of these idiots that doesn't, I don't gain a ton of appreciation. Maybe this is, I'm, I'm a lot different than Cap on this front because I heard you're, you espouse your hatred for three franchises uh, at the professional and the college level. I don't get my jollies from watching others in my division not do well. Like, I really, the only thing that really brings me a lot of joy is watching my team excel. So if the Green Bay Packers had fallen, that really, okay, that's cool, that's good. That just means that they're not as much of a target for us going forward. I'm worried about my team. And, like, I see all of these people, you know, making excuses for, crazy, and hearing people make excuses for why Jordan Love did what he did well. How about he's just a good football player and they got it right again, and that sucks. Yeah. But, but um, to your point, Jonathan, look, I think that, you know, their offensive coordinator in both spots pretty good, right? I mean, their offensive coordinator in Green Bay is Matt LaFleur, their head coach. Their offensive coordinator in Denver is Ben Johnson, who's probably going to be a head coach, you know, in the National Football League in 2025. So, like, you got to get the coordinator right. you got to get the quarterback position right. And I think if you can do that in today's day and age, I think that you've definitely got a chance. And, like, right now we haven't gotten the coordinator right. And I mean, despite what a lot of people around town want to think, the quarterback hasn't been good enough at this point. Is it you know his fault? Totally no. He's been dealt a bad hand in a lot of ways. But the quarterback hasn't been good enough. The coordinator situation hasn't been good enough until that improves. Both of them, you know, the, the Lions and the Packers are going to have a decided advantage over us. So talk to me as you like you've never had to evaluate a quarterback in your career. You were a wide receiver. You played with some quarterbacks. But what? How do? What makes me comfortable to think, if we move on from Justin, that we have the support system in place that we're going to be able to develop said quarterback? Caleb Williams is going to roll in here if they draft him, and all of a sudden, it's going to light sports radio on fire. I can't believe they got rid of Justin, or I thank God they got rid of whatever your take is. What support system do we have or are we going to have besides a new OC? And you're not getting the pick of the litter there because Eberflus, for whatever reason, is coming back. It could, could be a lame duck. So what support system do we have to develop said quarterback? Well, I, the first thing I would say, Cap, is is I hear that all the time. Well, there's no reason to draft a quarterback first overall because we've never developed a quarterback. We've never had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns. Well, that doesn't mean you should stop trying. Agreed. So, like, that wouldn't be a, an impediment for me to draft a kid. But if I that, was the owner and you're the GM, I'm going to say to you, okay, you want to take that kid? And you did your homework. He checks every box. Tell me the support system that's developing. Well, for me, Cap, it would have started with Jim Harbaugh. But since that's not going to happen, you know, you're going to have to look elsewhere. The support system has to be the OC. Like, look, I would I would. Fine. I would look at the okay. I'll give you money tomorrow. Uh, I would I'd call or I'd look at the Houston Texans. Why is that working? Bobby Sloak Jr.'s first time play caller, right? Comes mm-hmm. from the Shanty Tree from mm-hmm. from San Francisco. First time play caller. Maybe the quarterback is just so damn good, mm-hmm. and the coordinator is good at his job that the marriage works. Now they spent a lot of money on their offensive line, which I expect the Bears to do. So 
you know, that's how you bring a quarterback along. You make sure that he has got protection. It's been an issue. They haven't done enough. They've, they've improved some of it. But I would argue they haven't done enough to protect Justin. I think the kid in Houston moves around the pocket pretty efficiently. Um, again, the play caller and the, the offensive coordinator is an important hire as well. But it starts there. Um, it starts there, Cap. I mean, you pick a kid that that you, you trust and you evaluate and you go, okay, that's that guy. He's worth this pick. And then you do have to surround him with quality people. Um, you know, I think it's been one of the complaints. I, I, listen, the people that that defend Justin, they've got a point in a lot of areas. Like, they, like their point isn't invalid. Agreed. They're, they're, you know, what they did to him in Cleveland his first year was criminal. I told you somebody needed to spend a night in football jail for that. Yep. They haven't really. He's had, you know, what, three offenses now, you know, going back to Ohio State in his last four years, his final year at Ohio State, the two offenses here in the National Football League. They were in a full tear down last year, not this year. Like, look, he hasn't been dealt a, a good hand. So, like, the people that want to support Justin and say, hey, if you improve stuff around him, he will grow and get better, I, that's not an invalid argument. It's just at this particular time, whether it's unfair to him or not, you have ass- assets at your disposal that maybe you wouldn't have had in a different environment. So I guess, you know, the roundabout answer, Cap, is is you draft a kid that, you know, first of all, you believe in, and second of all, you, like you match him up with an offensive coordinator that, you know, that is good as his job as well, and and they they feed off of each other. I mean, there's certain plays that come in that a good quarterback is just going to find an answer to, and then there are other times that a really good play comes in and and it really helps the quarterback out and efficiently allows him to deliver the football to somebody that's that's open. So. I mean, it sounds it sounds like a simple answer, but it's got to be like hand in glove type of relationship. Tommy, what's the coldest you've ever been as a player, or maybe an outdoorsman? Without an outdoorsman, yeah, Jonathan. The, like when you leave the house, you're outdoors <laughs> and you're a man outdoorsman. Yeah. Well, a couple of days ago was it, but as a player, there's no question. It was the Monday night game against the Packers. That it was the Halloween game where they retired. Butkus and Sayers' jerseys, and they put glad bags over them instead of giving them, you know, rain gear. <laughs> they, 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 they retired their jersey. It was, it was a pretty unbelievable, you know, view to see that. But as a player, that day it rained so much. We were begging for it to turn to snow because you were drenched for three and a half hours in like 33 degrees, and the wind was howling. howling. And the Packers were whipping our ass. At Forty-four the same time. nothing. I think they beat you. Whatever it was, Cap, it wasn't fun. But as much as the the beatdown was not pleasant, it's the most miserable conditions I've ever been in my entire life. It was awful. Tommy, Horrible. enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, sir. You do the same, Jonathan. Have and a you, great Cap, day, buddy. And Shay and Jay Moore and all of you. We love you, Tom. Uh, the love is reciprocated. Thank you, Tom. Okay, there's Tom Waddle uh, on the hotline. <laughs> the Car X Tire <laughs> and Auto Hotline, Mike. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry about the Car X A wild uh, coaching carousel, okay, uh, has a few of the greatest coaches ever on the move. Uh, we will talk about those coaches coming up uh, two minutes on uh, the Camp and J Hood Morning Show, okay? Back after this.